Hello and welcome to the best weekly MTG show ever, bar none, 100% correct. Like everything we're going to do today, there's no arguments about this being the best show. And uh, with me today to make it the best show is Gavin Very Gavin, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on, Blake. And I'm super excited to tell everyone the 100% definitive number one top 100 creatures of all time. Simply put, top. we ran all the numbers, we cracked into like the, the great yep. Gleemax data vaults, and this is it for sure. Uncontested. There's no arguments. The internet will take no issues with this list. Um, okay, so let's talk about this list. We're going to act, because it's 100 cards, we're going to be only spending about 30 seconds for each card, and my preamble's not going to take up very long. So, two things to know. Uh, one, the methodology. How did we come up with this list? So initially what we did is we went through every format, like every format, and we grabbed um, all the data we could on the top 10 creatures. Every one of those creatures gets put on a list. Uh, then we looked at all the formats that have banned and restricted lists. If you have ever made a banned and restricted list, throw it on the list. Uh, we also looked at things like... Um, cubes, what were the most uh, included cards and in cubes, just every measure we could find of um, these cards being used a lot or being banned so that they couldn't be used. So that included looking back through old uh, Pro Tour deck lists, everything like that. So that went into one giant list. That list was about 200 cards. We took that 200 card list and I sent it out to a bunch of people. And a bunch of them sent me lists back of what they thought were their top 100. Some of them ranked them, some, some of them didn't. Uh, ranking them was hard. Um, that leads to the second thing. We didn't rank these. Um, the list we are presenting today is an alphabetical order. Uh, and, you know, Gavin, you actually talked a little bit about this in your, when, you were, when you and I were talking about this, about how you can't really compare pair a commander card to a modern card and can you talk a little bit about why we didn't rank right it's like which card is stronger is it atraxa or is it a uh, um goblin guide like one is extremely powerful in commander the other one is extremely powerful in modern and internal formats they're incredibly different cards and putting them on the same axis is really really difficult um, but they're both cards that were definitely in consideration for the list. Um, also, Blake and I would probably um, get into a very long yelling match if we tried to figure out the top five cards of all time. And we didn't want to do that to each other, you know. So we decided to just uh, just stick with a top 100 alphabetical and let the internet do all the yelling for us. Yep. So what I did is then I took everyone who sent me a list. Thanks to everyone. Uh, I sent out to some community managers, to or community uh, members, to some people internally. I put all the lists together. Um, and I took off any creatures that were only mentioned once. Uh, once I did that, everything that got multiple mentions got us to about 94 cards. Uh, and then Gavin and I actually, uh, earlier this week, took that list of single cards and chopped it down to the final six. So, you know, it's a little bit of art, a little bit of science, uh, but definitely, definitely can't argue with it. So, um, we're going to jump right in because, again, 100 cards. We're going to go through 100 cards here. So let's start with the first card alphabetically on the list, Arcbound Ravager. So Arcbound Ravager was obviously a terror in standard when Affinity was a deck with original uh, Mirrodin. 
but it also translated to eternal formats as well we've seen arcbound ravager all the way back as far as vintage so every artifact aggro deck has included arcbound ravager in some form or fashion with good reason this card is very powerful definitely one of the top 100 cards of all time next up yeah, I qualify for a pro tour with that card. It's a great one. Let's talk about our Gothian Enchantress. Speaking of uh, synergies, we had artifact synergies with Ravager. Now let's talk enchantments. As a two-mana 0-1, it might not look like much, but the ability to draw a card every time you play an enchantment lets you really pop off. You can play a bunch of cards like Wild Growth and any kind of land aura that generates mana. You draw a card off of it. It costs you essentially no mana to do. And even all the way back in Eternal formats, two when this card was legal and standard, this card was always grabbing players' imaginations. And it even has a lot of afterlife potential in Commander, where it's still played today and a quite popular card to have around. Let's kick it back over to you, Blake, with the next card. The next card is a card that originally came out in a Commander release, but quickly found a home in Eternal formats, Baleful Strix. Uh, the combination of flying, death touch, and coming into the battlefield and drawing a card uh, was enough to make this an eternal staple. You'll also notice it pitches to Force of Will, which meant that in uh, matchups where Force of Will was important, but creatures were not, this was something easily pitchable. Uh, it also just, it always replaces itself. It replaces itself, it beats Tarmogoyfs, it beats Delver of Secrets. Um, really strong eternal card. Occasionally some artifact synergies come up, uh, but generally speaking, it's just a strong, valuable, fair card. Next up. A classic card from the beginning of Ma a classic card from the beginning of Magic, Birds of Paradise. Few creatures are as iconic as this one. Some would argue one of the most uh, top 100, not just cards of all time, but magic cards uh, of all time. Like, not, not creatures, literally just cards. It is truly amazing. Both the bird is a sentence that has been echoed since the beginning of Magic. For one mana, you get to accelerate. It adds mana to your mana pool of any color, fixing you. And it even flies so it can carry equipment, which is quite nice. A fun fact about Bird of Paradise is the card was not in the original file for Alpha, but uh, they got the art back for Tropical Island, and the artist had drawn a bird really close to the front of it. So they decided, let's make a new card for it, and Bird of Paradise was born. Back over to you, Blake. We're going to go on the opposite end of the spectrum, from tiny creature that makes mana to giant artifact machine of destruction. Uh, Blightsteel Colossus is one of the original one-hit wonders that can kill you in exactly one hit. It has trample, it has infect, it has indestructible. Um, it is an 11-11 for 12 mana. It's a favorite tinker target in older formats. It was for quite a while the uh, the kill condition of choice for a lot of vintage decks. But it also, you know, it occasionally shows up in Commander these days. It's definitely a super popular cube card. Again, usually when paired with Tinker. Uh, but yeah, Blightsteel to Colossus. It, it just, it kills people dead. Next up. Yeah, we've got Bloodbraid Elf coming up next, which was a defining card in many formats, standard, and then showed up quite a bit in modern, uh, and even extended when that, when that was the thing. The Cascade ability is so strong, giving you a straight-up two-for-one and letting you do several ways you can cheat it. For example, flipping a card which has no mana cost, like an Ancestral Vision or otherwise. This card kept Jace the Mind Sculptor in check, just barely. And a fun fact about Bloodbraid Elf is it was almost a 2-2, and Mike Turian really pushed for it to have its third power added 
which definitely catapulted it into the top 100 creatures of all time. Next up, we have a card that is a recurring theme on the top 100 list, which is uh, cards that go in the dredge deck. And Bloodgast is the first alphabetically of a number of those. Uh, obviously, it's a it's a 2-1 vampire spirit. It can't block. It has haste uh, as long as the opponent has 10 or less life. But that's not really why it's here. It's here because all you need to do to get it back from the graveyard is play a land. And so... Uh, dredge decks, graveyard decks, even um, you know a lot of cube decks that have a black aggro theme. Bloodgast is a key player in all of those. Next up, good old Bony G. You know, someone in chat earlier asked if this was going to be a boomer list or a modern list. No, indeed, we have taken even the newest, hottest cards into account. And if you have played standard at all recently, you probably have a slouch in your chair a little bit playing against this card. <laughs> Two mana, it's a removal spell, very strong. And then you can cast it as a three mana, four, three later on down the road. I think this card will uh, be remembered for a long time as something from uh, Eldraine that made a huge impact on the standard format. And uh, what can I say about Boney G other than you don't want to be on the, on the other side of it? Let's kick it over to our oh. next card. Yeah, which is which is a bit of a boomer card, but uh, if you've ever played against Braid's Cabal minion, you know just how demoralizing this card can be. Uh, one of the few cards to be banned as a commander, uh, Braid's was also a terror in standard when it was originally printed and makes its appearance in a ton of cubes. The fact that your opponent doesn't know it's coming or at least isn't built for it usually means braids is a lot less fair than it looks uh next up another old card over to gavin yeah now this is one of my favorite categories of cards on this entire list which is the card that you look at and you don't understand why it's on the list uh <laughs> but the thing about cephalid illusionist you have to understand is if you target it over and over and over again you will mill your entire library so you can play this with any number of cards that can target a creature for free and then just mill your library and kill your opponent from there using, well, many of the other cards on this list to do so. So, uh, you know, it even has that second ability, which seldom gets used, but you can trick your opponent with sometimes if you need the block. But it's really all about that first ability. You play it on turn two, you equip Shuko to it 1,000 times, mill your library, and go to town. Back over to you, Blake. Yeah, next up is the first of uh, some exceptions we made. We paired some creatures together uh, when they were extremely similar or were on the list for the same reason, kind of because we we had these really close calls. Like Cloud of Fairies and Palancron have both been used in wildly unfair ways over the years. Uh, Cloud of Fairies still sees a good bit of pauper play. Palancron sees a lot of commander play. Uh, both of them doing unfair land untapping things. Palancron usually is used with infinite combos. Uh, both of them can be found in a lot of cube lists, including powered cube lists. Uh, and we might as well throw out honorable mention to Great Whale and Peregrine Drake, which both have the untap lands abilities. Great Whale saw some play in the recurring nightmare builds. Back in the day, Peregrine Drake, uh, of course, got banned in Pauper as well. Next up. Turns out free spells are very powerful. And if you want to stop some of your opponent's free spells, how about Containment Priest? This is a great way to shut down your opponent's cheating stuff in, including several of the cards we mentioned already. Tinker up a Blightsteel Colossus? Mm, I think not. 
Blood, Blood Guest comes back from the graveyard. Nope, get that one out of here. The premiering first in a commander deck and then making its way to the big time in a core set, this card has seen play in basically every format it has been legal in, from standard to modern to legacy to even vintage to cube, and of course, commander, where it originally debuted. This card is a lovely, lovely little card and a great piece of how white can shut down your opponent from doing unfair things. And I look forward to seeing more cards in the future, like Containment Priest. Back over to you, Blake. Yeah, we go from a card that contains other cards to ones that one that cannot be contained. Creator of Behemoth is a finisher card for all kinds of green decks, often going uh, with elves, which create a lot of mana and you make a ton of them. But Creator of Behemoth is played all the way back through Legacy. Uh, one of my favorite formats, Canadian Highlander, has an entire archetype named after it called Hoof. Uh, it's just the biggest thing you can be doing when you have a ton of little creatures. Back to you, Gavin. Very good. Let's cover our next card, which is a big one. This is a, a huge moment for Magic with Dark Confidant. This was an invitational card from Bob Maher Jr., who uh, won the Magic Invitational and got to make his own Magic card. And quite the card he did make. This has seen play in essentially every format it has been legal in. I even play in Commander, uh, even though I, I take 10 damage off my card sometimes. Turns out that just drawing an extra card every turn is really powerful. And on a 2-1 on creature that can carry equipment, bash your opponent's face, or simply trade with what with what your opponent has this card has been a staple of magic it's also in addition to just being strong a pretty fun card to play with because you're never sure what's going to happen on your turn are you going to take damage and die are you going to live several turns and hit lands over and over there's a lot of fun tension that goes into this card and i think it was a well-designed card that still persists to be popular to this day back over to you blake with another very exciting creature yeah, often paired with Dark Confidant. So Deathrite Shaman is at the top or near the top of a lot of people's top 100 creatures list. It slices, it dices, it makes mana, it's graveyard hate, it deals damage, it gains life. All for a single mana. This Elf Shaman uh, is incredibly powerful in basically every format. It's a, it's a cube staple. It's not super played in vintage, but legacy um it was played in modern until it was banned it's it's just a really powerful card and possibly the most powerful uh one mana elf of all time next up that one's my fault too i was part uh, one of the people that worked on death right shaman so <laughs> Although I made it at two mana, it was a little bit different. Let's talk about Death Shadow. This is a card that is uh, in another interesting category of cards, which did not get much play initially. In fact, it took an extremely long time for this card to be anything more than a rare that people just kind of threw aside. But finally, with the advent of modern, with, pe with people dealing much of damage to themselves with their lands, Death Shadow came into prominence. It's pretty easy to get this thing big pretty fast. You can create a, a huge creature by using things like uh, fetch lands and shock lands to reduce your own life total, plus other ways to pay life as well, and then kill your opponent perhaps with a card like Teamer Battle Rage. This card, as a one mana 6-6 six, six, lar or larger in some cases, has done some pretty good work. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a hot card to own, and uh, you might have to squint a little bit when you look at it. It's pretty powerful too. Definitely a top 100 creature of all time. Kicking things back over to Blake with a very, very good one-mana creature. Yeah, there are some creatures that have entire archetypes named after them, and, and Delver of the Secrets is near the top of that list. Uh, it leads a lot of legacy lists. It had a uh, fantastic run in Standard. 
It's cheap. It works really well with a lot of Blue's cantrips that check out the top of the library. It can be a one mana 3-2 flyer attacking as early as turn two, which is really hard to beat in tempo decks. So an entire generation of players grew up bashing people for three with Insectile Aberration and Delver of Secrets. Next up. Dockside Extortionist is here. This is a two mana one two creature, but don't be quite fooled. It makes a ton of mana. And when Blake and I were talking earlier about uh, how you can compare commander cards against other cards, this is a great example to me where this card doesn't really see much play in other formats, a little bit in vintage, but man, in commander, this is a powerhouse because it scales off of each of your opponents. Um, you, uh, you play it, you make six treasure, often more than that cast some big spells, maybe you blink it, you can use infinite combos with this, or just simply generate a huge burst of mana and crush your opponents. Currently, uh, a card that I get a lot of requests for to see more of out in the world, and uh, we'll see see what happens in the future there. Kicking back over to you, Blake, with another red card. Yeah, and this one is the newest addition to the list, Dragon's Rage Channeler, coming from Modern Horizons 2. And the reason it makes this list after only existing for a little bit is because in a lot of lists in older formats, it has actually managed to displace Delver of Secrets. And when people are setting aside their Delver of Secrets for Dragon's Rage Channeler, that's when you know it needs to be on the list. Uh, more proof that we, you know, Gavin and I have been around for a while, but but we recognize game when it's new and we're willing to say so. Next up, yet another red card. Yeah, and also pretty new. Showing up in War of the Spark, we have Dread Horde Arcanist. Little two mana, one three that attacks and casts a free spell from your graveyard. Well, you know, you can buff this up and cast a bigger spell out of your graveyard. That's what we always imagined. But it turns out you can also just cast things that cost one mana, like Ponder. Swords of the Plowshares, Preordain, uh, and Path to Exile. The list goes on with what you can hit with this card. And keep in mind, you can also target cards that have that null mana cost. So Ancestral Vision, Crashing Footfalls, and so on. This card has been a powerhouse. And while I didn't think we initially predicted this would have to get banned, it was a card that uh, you know, we definitely had to, had to look at for power reasons quite often. It's a, it's a strong, strong magic card. We can kick it back over to, uh, to Blake here with another card, which is maybe the weirdest card on this list. It might just be the weirdest card, but when I asked about the top 100 on social media last week, uh, I got a lot of people saying, don't forget Dryad Arbor. Don't forget Dryad Arbor. This is a creature. It, it is an actual creature. Uh, it is an oddball. And, you know, it's one of the re being an oddball is one of the things that actually gets you on the list, this list, because there's no other creature like this. So this is a land creature forest dryad. So it is a 1-1 one, one, and it's a forest. And what that means is you can fetch it up, you can search for it with Green Sun Zenith, which is kind of one of the things that put it over the top, making it sort of like a mana elf. Uh, it does things like protect you from Liliana the Veil. Uh, it's super flexible, super weird, and has a lot of applications. And so it makes the top 100 creature list, despite being kind of kind of a creature, but, but definitely a creature. Next up. Eidolon of the Great Rebels. We've covered a lot of tricky cards so far, things that you can combo with, or, you know, big creatures you can cheat out into play. Don't forget also just good old aggressive red creatures. Coming out in the th original Theros block, this two mana 2-2 two -two has dealt so many points of damage over the course of the game. You can play it out and 
anyone who's playing a combo deck involving a lot of cheap spells is instantly searching for an answer because you can't cast a lot of rituals through it. Anyone who is playing a cheap aggressive deck is going to take a bunch of damage from it. And when you're playing burn, even though a lot of your cards will hurt you too, it doesn't matter because your opponent is going to take a lot more damage from your other spells. And on top of it all, it just attacks for two to boot. What a powerful magic card here. And it even triggers your enchantment synergies. Back over to you, Blake. I've died to that card so many times. Uh, next up are, you know, they're technically creatures. Well, this, is an, this is another pairing of cards that do similar things. Uh, y- y- they say creature on the type line. You can, you, can, you can attack and block with them. But really, Elvish Spirit Guide and Simeon Spirit Guide are used for their text box, which says remove them from your hand from the game. Uh, and add a mana tier mana pool. They are both one-shot fast mana creatures um, that rarely hit the board, but they are technically creatures, and thus they technically make this absolutely correct list. Uh, Next up, Gavin. Yeah, well, let's talk about something that uh, you might want (laughs) to cast if you're ritualing off and generating a bunch of mana. Here's Emrakul the Aeon's Torn, the largest creature in Magic when Rise of the Eldrazi came out. Uh, We wanted to make something huge at the time, and that's what we did exactly with Emrakul. It's a 15 mana, 15. It gives you another turn when you cast it. It can't be countered. It can't be touched. It blows up all your opponent's stuff. And of course, you you don't even have to cast it sometimes. You can just sneak it into play with Sneak Attack or Through the Breach. This card has Helmed Modern decks. It's Helmed Legacy decks. It's all play in Standard. Yeah, this card is totally bananas. And I think to this day is probably the the large creature that strikes the most fear into people's hearts. Uh, But you know what? If things go too awry, don't worry. Just get 15 1-1 creatures with reach. You can block. No problem. Kicking back over to you, Blake, with another card that's a little similar to this one. It's a little similar. Remember, we're going in alphabetical order. So the next one is Emrakul the Promise End. Uh, Emrakul the Promise End shares a, you know, a number of things in common with this predecessor. Most of them being that when you cast this card, the game is probably over. Uh, it has a built-in cost reduction making it um, much, much cheaper than that 13 mana. It was cast a lot in standard. It was a terror in Commander. It is a cube staple. Uh, Emrakul the Promised End. You know, it, for my for my money, it's on the lower end of the top 100, but it is definitely in the top 100. Next up, Gavin. Yeah, well, here's another brand new card coming in, Modern Horizons 2, Endurance. We did a cycle of these Evoke Incarnations, one for each color. This won't be the last one you see on here, um, but uh, there turns out pitch spells, very powerful. You know, hearkening from the cards like Force of Will and many other pitch spells that have been strong in Magic's history. Interestingly, this one does something that seems pretty subtle. It just gets rid of someone's graveyard, but in formats where graveyard is such a powerful thing to have around, where you are using all these broken cards that utilize your graveyard, yep, getting rid of their graveyard is incredibly strong. Plus, it's just a three mana, three, four flash reach to boot. So that is quite a powerful magic card and quite worthy of the top 100 creatures of all time. Back over to you, Blake. Next up, we've got a card again, banned as a commander. But Arreo Sorotami Ascendant is so much more than that. It was a lock piece in a number of decks. Um, I believe, I think we saw this in the old extended format where people would try to flip it really, really quickly to put a soft lock on your opponents. Uh, trying to beat Arreo's Essence is functionally impossible. So, uh, you, well, well, again, this is another, technically, it's a creature. 
because nobody really wanted to play their two mana one one Merfolk uh, Moonfolk monk. What they really wanted was to flip it into the legendary enchantment Areo's Essence, and flip it they did, much to the chagrin of many many people. Next up is another classic staple. I think Areo, by the way, is the only card exclusively banned in Two-Headed Giant, so there's a fun fact for you. <laughs> uh, uh, coming up next is Eternal Witness, debuting first in Fifth Dawn and showing up many, many more times. This has been a staple across Standard, across Eternal formats. It's huge in Cube and huge in Commander. Just a three-mana 2-1 with returning a card from your graveyard to your hand strapped onto it. Super powerful, and whether you're just getting a good old value removal spell back or using it to find the combo piece again to kill off your opponent... It's just good, clean, magic fun. I know for me, I like comboing this with Revel Arc and ways to get it back from your graveyards. You can do it over and over again. But no matter what your way to play Eternal Witness is, it's just a blast to cast. And using your other cards again, what's not to love? Back over to you, Blake. Speaking of using your cards again, Felidar Guardian, it does that. You can Felidar Guardian and Eternal Witness, and that's just that's just good, clean magic fun. But Felidar Guardian is on here because it is one of the only, it is, I believe, the only creature that immediately blinks any permanent and lets it come back onto the battlefield, meaning that it created a combo with Sahil Uri that took over standard immediately, that has seen play in modern, it sees play in cubes, uh, and it sees play in a ton of commander decks too, just because of the blink value is so good so you can play this as a fair card but it's also seen a ton of play as a combo card you often see this in uh birthing pod chains to get kiki jiki um uh, our guardian slices it dices it it often kills you dead immediately next up well speaking of killing you dead immediately uh here's goblin guide one of the best aggressive creatures ever printed single red mana two two haste and Kind of a downside? I don't know. Against the right player, I found that this is upside. Use telepathy their hand if they don't hit enough lands. Um, this is a staple of every red deck, basically. Just all of them. If you're playing in Standard and it's legal, you're playing Goblin Guide. If you're playing Modern, you're probably playing Goblin Guide. If you're playing Legacy, you're probably playing Goblin Guide. Um, now, maybe the burn some of the burn decks don't play it because you don't want any creatures. But other than that, you're basically jamming this and dealing a bunch of damage. Turn one, attack you for two. It blew my mind when I first saw it. And it still blows my mind now. Over to you, Blake. Yeah, we're going in alphabetical order, so we're going to stick with some goblins. Next up is Goblin Lackey. Still seeing play in Legacy after all these years. Uh, Goblin Lackey is one of the best one-drops of all time. And there was there was a period where it might have been the best one-drop. Uh, you know, there's there's an argument with Deathrite Shaman and some others at this point, but if you get to attack unabated with a Goblin Lackey in a dedicated Goblin deck, congratulations, you have probably won the game. Uh, occasionally, uh, when it's been legal, it has been paired with this next card, Gavin. Yeah, uh, so we've gone, we started with Goblin Guide, which is a pretty fair goblin. I moved on to Goblin Lackey, which is a kind of broken goblin. And now we'll go to perhaps the most broken one. And I think personally in the contention for one of the most broken creatures of all time. And that's Goblin Recruiter. When this card came out, there were not a lot of goblins. You don't have to worry about it that much. You might stack whatever, some Mons Goblin Raiders on top of your library. But after the infusion of Onslaught Block, this card simply broke. It's two mana to 
tutor for any number of goblin cards and stack them on top of your library in any order you want. In addition to being incredibly difficult to resolve, because you have to search your library for all these goblins and then stack them right, which is pretty nuts, uh, you can just chain through them. You can find ways to get Skirt Prospector, and then give all yourself haste with Warchief, you play a goblin ringleader and draw more cards into your hand, and just kill off your opponent. This card is completely busted, and uh, a lot of folks have never played with this because it is simply so broken. And even though it's just a simple uncommon, you do not want your opponent to play this against you. You'll probably lose the game immediately. Over to you, Blake. Yeah, Goblin Recruiter is... Uh, we'll, we'll talk about top five maybe later, but Goblin Recruiter was in, in my top five just because it did it did something no other creature does, and it does it in such a broken way. Uh, Goblin Welder, uh, for a long time, was also a unique effect. We've, we've printed some, some similar versions of Goblin Welder, but for a long time, Goblin Welder was the de facto way to swap artifacts in and out of your graveyard. Uh, and a lot of time, it locked people out with Mind Slaver. You would use it with things like Tangle Wire, uh, you could turn Moxen into giant robots. Uh, you could use Sundering Titan with this. So Goblin Welder has been putting uh, artifacts in and out of graveyards for a very long time, and it's still the most efficient, most straightforward way to do that. Speaking of graveyards, Gavin. Yeah, let's talk about Golgari Grave Troll. Uh, this is quite a powerhouse. And once again, you look at this card and you're like, I don't know, doesn't seem that good. It's just a five mana creature with some counters, I guess. Well, the secret is you have to go down, down to the bottom of the card and read Dredge 6. Dredge is potentially, I think, in contention for top two most broken mechanics of all time, maybe top three. Um, you put it in your graveyard, you never want to cast it, you just dredge it and flip six cards into your graveyard over and over again, which powers up all of your graveyard shenanigans. Um... That's, you know, this card powered dredge decks when it came out in standard initially, in legacy, vintage, modern, commander to this day. The card is just clearly, clearly busted. And uh, we don't really make cards with dredge anymore, except for like shenanigans in Modern Horizons 1, which had dredge 1, because they are just so inherently powerful. Um, also, you know, the nice thing about Grave Troll is in a pinch, you can just cast it. I have Dread returned to this a non-zero number of times. In Standard, when Dredge was legal, I would do, play this in my Dredge decks and just kill my opponents with the Grave Troll sometimes. It's totally a thing you can do. So uh, in addition to being an amazing Dredge creature with the highest Dredge number in Magic of Dredge 6, um, it's uh, just a really powerful Magic card. You could literally put... This card could read you lose the game on it, though, and it would still be one of the best creatures of all time uh, because you just Dredge it every single time. So uh, yeah, really powerful card here with Golgari Grange Grave Troll. Uh, next up, another cheaty face card. Nobody's casting this for eight mana. Gristlebrand, 7-7, seven, seven, Flying Lifelink, pay seven life, draw seven cards. This is the de facto reanimation target, especially in Eternal formats. Very, very powerful. Drawing all the cards in the old in old formats is exactly where you want to be. The built-in lifelink, of course, makes it even better. But when you're casting Show and Tell or Reanimate or Animate Dead, this is what you want to be hitting. Next up. I'm glad you gave me the uh, the banana boy himself with Tassiger the Golden Fang here as uh, someone who helped design this card. Delve, incredibly powerful. You, you, they come down uh, using cards like Golgari Grave Troll to fuel them or just cracking fetch lands, playing cantrips like Ponder from your hand. They're creatures that can come down cheap and early. On the left, we see Gurmag Angler, a common, which has showed up a lot in formats like Popper and even all the way back into Eternal formats like Legacy and a bit in Standard when it was legal. Pretty easy to turn this into a two-mana 5-5 five, five creature that just comes down for cheap while you leave all your mana up to do other nefarious things. 
On the other hand, Tassiger, same deal, except it's even one mana cheaper than Gurmag Angler, comes down, and with his, with his activated ability, can let you draw cards back into your hand every single turn. And as you exile the bad cards from your graveyard when you cast it, your opponent is forced to give you better and better ones back as you use its effect. Notably, this is also a legendary creature, and I know quite a few number of people who also have this as their commander. So Tassiger, a really multi-format all-star here, bridging the, bridging the gap between standard, modern, uh, even legacy, and commander to boot. Quite a powerful magic card, and it turns out, Delve, a uh, really strong mechanic. Becoming cheaper for cards in your graveyard, well, that's pretty easy to do. <laughs> Kicking it over to you, Blake, with the next card, which is, I think, maybe my vote for best creature of all time. We'll see what you say about it. I have it near the top of my list as well, because Hermit Druid is, again, one of those cards that just does something fundamentally different than any other magic card, which is, if you build your deck correctly, you just activate it and put your entire grave library in your graveyard which of course can lead to all kinds of shenanigans uh it's incredibly busted it's been banned in older formats uh it's it's just not a fair card in any world you're not using this to just go get extra basic lands like that's not how this card works you use it to flip your graveyard uh next up speaking of graveyards yeah, you're definitely noticing a theme on this list of stuff that is broken in the graveyard. We've been making a lot of them over the years, and this one is more recent than others with Hogak Arisen Necropolis, which of course had to get the Banhammer in Modern, coming out of Modern Horizons 1. You can't cast mana to cast it, no problem. You cast it from your graveyard, you convoke it, you delve it, it comes down for free, you sacrifice it to um, your Altar of Dementia, whatever it is you gotta do, it's pretty easy to slam this thing down early. Um, the fact that you could mill yourself very quickly with cards like Stitcher's Supplier um, and then cast this super, super fast was a huge problem on its own. And when you combine it with other cards, it became even more problematic, showing us once again that messing around with free cards in the graveyard, bad decision. Over to you, Blake. Yep. Next up, we have another broken card that no one's actually spending mana to cast, Hollow One which costs two less to cast for each card you've cycled or discarded this turn. It's discarded. That's important because when combined with things like Faithless Looting or Bazaar of Baghdad, this card is just free, just a, a free 4-4 that often comes down on the first turn, uh, sometimes in multiples, uh, just, you know, free 4-4s. Might as well. 4-4s four for everyone. Next up. Well, talking about more new cards that have caused some challenges, here's one of the newest additions to banned lists, Hull Breacher. Showing up in Commander Legends as a uh, way to stop people from drawing too many cards. Turns out it combos extremely well with Wheel Effects. So you would slam down Hull Breacher, you would cast a Wheel of Fortune or a Time Twist or something like that, and suddenly your opponents would have no hands and you would have 21 treasures. Uh, this card was extremely strong and oppressive uh, in Commander, and the Commander Rules Committee ended up giving it the boot. Sorry, Little Merfolk Pirate, your time has come. O over to you, Blake. All right, we're about 40 cards in, so I'm just going to move through this one pretty fast because Ice Fang Quaddle is our next card, and it's just green, slightly have to jump through hoops, Baleful Strix. We know it's a powerful card. Flash just ups it. Uh, the snow synergies uh, add a little bit to it, but otherwise, it's Baleful Strix. Next up. 
Yeah, well, here's another card that's banned in Commander with Iona, Shield of Ameria. Strong in Commander, shut your opponents down from playing cards of their color, but also a popular reanimation target and card to cheat out in uh, Constructed as well. If, you're, if your opponent is playing a monocolored deck, you play Iona, perhaps you dread return it into play, and your opponent just loses. They can't cast spells anymore, so unless they have a board presence, that's the game. There's always a bit of fun play when you play this card and your opponent is two colors, you wonder which color you could name, but a lot of the time, it just doesn't matter. They're just going to lose. Back over to you, Blake. Yep, other end of the spectrum, a tiny creature that never is going to attack. Jace Friend's Prodigy has seen play all the way back to Vintage, uh, flipping into a powerful Planeswalker that lets you reuse instants and sorceries from your graveyard. It's also just a Merfolk Looter, which is a strong, strong card. So uh, yeah, Jace Friend's Prodigy dominated Standard when it was around and then has seen play all the way back to Vintage. Next up. Here is a card that I have always loved. It is a fan favorite, and that is Kiki Jiki Mirror Breaker. Aside from just being fun to say, it's really fun to play with because you get to copy creatures. And you can play it fairly. You can get cool enters the battlefield effects from, oh, I don't know, Mull Drifter will just say. Or if you um, if you want to go infinite, of course, you can target a Pestermite, you can target a Deceiver Exarch, a Village Bell Ringer, or any number of other cards. Back in the day in Kamigawa block, I used this with Root Runner to put all my opponents' lands on top of their library, but that's a discussion for another day. Always been a blast. Back over to you, Blake. Yeah, the next card is, you know, we've had a lot of broken cards. Knight of the Reliquary is one of the more fair cards on this list. Uh, but the fact that it, one, gets bigger with fetch lands, two, sacrifices any forester plane, so that includes your dual lands, and three, can search for any land in your library with its ability, means that it's incredibly flexible and incredibly powerful and has seen play across a multitude of formats. Next up, Gavin. Oof, this is one that I almost cringe just looking at because of all the bad uh, bad playing against this card. Uh, powerhouse in not just Commander, but Legacy. Had to get the ban in Commander. This card is just brutal. It's a Hull Breacher that can be your Commander. You shut off your opponents from drawing more than one card each turn. And then if they want to target your stuff, well, how about you draw a card for the honor? A completely brutal card to play against. And, uh, well, I'm happy I don't have to play against it very much anymore. Back over to you. Yeah, and one of the reasons you don't want to play against it is because it often came out on turn two, thanks to one of these cards. So we combined uh, all of the good one mana mana elves, uh, you know, besides Deathrite Shaman, who's its own special little flower, but Lanoros, Feinhorn Elves, Elvish Mystic, and then, you know, their cousins, uh, Avacyn's Pilgrim, Arbor Elf, Elves of the Deep Shadow, who are slightly different, but basically the same thing. Uh, Lanor Elves is, of course, the OG, and so that one gets front and center, but basically they're all the same card. So one mana Elves, here's your spot on the list. Next up. Here's Lodestone Golem, which did not make a huge splash initially, but eventually showed up in a few places, but mainly vintage. You would not expect this to be a vintage card, but uh, off of Mishra's Workshop, perhaps you go Mox, Mishra's Workshop, Lodestone Golem, Pretty easy to lock your opponent out of the game and kill them before they can even get their engines rolling, which caused it to eventually get restricted in that format. Plus, it also is a great way to help shut down combo decks if your opponent is trying to do that, but mostly, turn one Lodestone Golem, bad news for your opponent. That's the math equation I'm going to talk about. Blake, tell us what's next. Next up is another recent addition to the list, Luris of the Dream Den, a card that has seen play across literally every format. 
And even after we changed the companion rule to make it less powerful, Luris has continued to see play in a number of formats. Uh, the recursion every turn is incredibly powerful. It's a, a low enough deck building cost that people are just going to play it anywhere they can and often bending their decks to do so. Next up. Yeah, well, we talked about one Invitational card already with Dark Confidant. Let's go to another with Meddling Mage. Showing up in Plane Shift, this was the Invitational card of Chris Bakula, and uh, it has seen a lot of play. And what I love about this, especially as a spiky player myself, is the finesse that happens when you play this card. You have to figure out what you should name with it. And especially if you don't even know your opponent's archetype, if it's turn two, there are so many interesting things that can happen with this card. I think it is a brilliant design. It has forever been kind of uh, canic canon canonicized in Magic history as a really crucial piece of, of the game. And uh, to this day, I always enjoy playing with this card and trying to figure out what to name. Blake, yep. talk about the next card on the list, which this card's trying to stop broken things. Your card is trying to enable some broken things. It's just doing broken things. So actually, Meddling Mage was the 50th card we had talked about. Uh, we're going to try to go a little bit faster over the last part of the show. Uh, so Metalworker makes a ton of mana. It is super busted in artifact decks, which there are a ton of in older formats. It can make, you know, 10, 14 mana, depending on what's going on. And it only costs three mana, so it can do it early. Next up. Hey, I made this card. It's Monastery Mentor. The idea here is simple. <laughs> it's Young Pyromancer, but the tokens also have prowess. Turns out Young Pyromancer is good, and so is Monastery Mentor. Pretty cool card, and I know a lot of folks have enjoyed playing with this. Fun fact, you can combo kill your opponents in, with by using Sensei's Divining Top to put it on top of your library. You chain tops, make tokens, pump all your tokens. Yeah, that was a pretty powerful little while in Legacy. Good times. Blake, what do we have next? Good times. Uh, this card has killed me maybe more than any other card on the list. Monastery Swift Spear, uh, a premier hasty red one drop that can get absolutely huge with enough cheap spells and often does. And next, we have another one drop. Yeah, good old Mother of Runes. Absolutely fantastic card here. A one mana, one one that if you untap with it, will make your opponent grimace as they try and remove your creatures and are completely unable to do so. Um, making all your stuff have protection from your opponent's creatures lets you attack through them, protect them from removal spells. Just one of the best white one-drops ever printed. And always begs the question, is it the Mother of Runes casting the effect or the little weird fairy in the bottom left-hand corner? You can never be too sure <laughs> on this one. Back over to you, boy. Yep. Uh, Narcomoeba is the next one on our list of creatures that have to do with milling yourself. So Narcomoeba has been moved, uh, used across a bunch of formats, never in any kind of fair way. No one's casting this for two mana. It jumps out of your library. It's free sacrifice, fodder, blocker, attacker. It does it all. Next, we have a duo that some people in chat were asking about. Yeah, you know, we've covered one mana mana elves already so far, so I feel pretty good about saying one mana mana accelerant, good. Exalted Pump Your Creature, better. Next card. <laughs> uh, Omnath, Locus of Creation, another recent addition. This card is heavily played in Modern. Obviously, it was banned in Standard. Really powerful card when it enters the battlefield. You draw a card. Landfall does a bunch of things, makes a ton of mana. It made playing four colors absolutely worth it. And we're going to see this card in Cube for years to come. Next up. 
Love this card, Oracle of Maldire. Players clamored for a reprint for ages. It showed up finally again in Jumpstart. Four mana, 2-2. Two, two. It's just a blast to play with. You have to play lands off the top of your library. You shuffle effects to get more. Staple in Commander. Great and standard when it showed up at the time. And just really a delightful magic card to play with. Back over to you with the next one, which uh, costs zero mana. What's up with this? Uh, well, that's the whole deal here. It costs zero mana, and it can attack and block. And we saw Arcbound Ravager earlier on the list. These cards were almost always paired with Arcbound Ravager, getting zero-cost creatures that can help your affinity count, that can take counters from Arcbound Ravager, or be sacrificed to it to attack and block. They turn on Metalcraft, they slice, they dice, they do it all for zero mana. Uh, next up is another artifact creature. Yeah, here's Painter Servant, which makes everything the same color, which doesn't sound very good until you realize how many cards key off of color. With Grindstone, this is a way to mill your opponent's li entire library. Grindstone mills them until they uh, don't mill two cards that share a color together. Well, Painter Servant makes sure that all their cards are the same color. Play it with Iona to lock your opponent out of casting spells ever, or just play it fairly, in quotes, and Pyroblast all of your opponent's permanents. Whatever you want to do, Painter Servant has you covered if it involves color. Lake. Kick it off with the next card here. Palace Jailer is an eternal staple in white decks. Uh, it's it's like a lot of other creatures like Fiend Hunter, and that when it comes into play, you get to exile a creature and opponent controls. Pretty simple, but with two, two key differences. One, you become the monarch. Who says white can't draw cards? Palace Jailer gives you a personal Howling Mind that in eternal formats you often keep. Uh, additionally, the card stays exiled until you are no longer the monarch. So killing Palace Jailer doesn't do anything. You have to steal the monarchy back a uh, very powerful card that has seen uh play across a ton of formats next up hey you know all these other creatures that are really good what if you just had one for two mana well that's what phantasmal image does you play it for two mana you cast it you copy whatever the best creature on the battlefield is you get to enter the battlefield effect you get their huge creature you get your own emerald whatever the thing is that you want phantasmal image has it covered and uh, clones can be incredibly powerful in many formats this saw play from standard all the way to commander now and uh, still a card that I enjoy playing with today. Yeah, so all the... Oh, I think we skipped one, but that's okay. Uh, next up is Phyrexian Revoker. So Phyrexian Revoker is kind of pithing needle on a stick. And so this has seen play in older formats, shutting down Planeswalkers, shutting down activated abilities, and still attacking and, again, taking counters from Arcbound Ravager. Next up. Here we go, Phyrexian Metamorph. Speaking of clones, well, how about you could clone not only any creature on the board, but also the best artifact on the board. Guilty of becoming swords or signets or whatever the best thing on the board is to copy, Phyrexian Metamorph gets the job done. Showing up a new Phyrexia with the Phyrexian Mana Mechanic, it also allows you to, to go in any deck. So color, yeah, we don't care about color here. We just get to be whatever we want these days. Over to you, Blake. Yeah, our next card demonstrates that sometimes when you take the best anti-tribal card around you and slap it on a creature, sometimes you get one of the most powerful creatures of all time. So the Plague Engineer, the play on Engineered Plague, definitely shuts down opposing creatures, especially smaller strategies, and especially when they all have the same creature type. Next up. We're at about card 66, and that means it's time for prime time. Six mana, six, six to get you any two lands out of your deck. Not only had to get banned in commander, but has been a force in standard, extended, modern, 
great at getting things like Valakut, doing things like uh, Amulet, Amulet your opponent, literally a deck named after it called Amulet Titan. This is part of the Titan cycle and probably the most powerful, most memorable one of them all. Turns out getting any two lands and not just basics, pretty strong to do. Blake, take it away with our next card. Hey, look, it's another card that comes out of the graveyard for free. Uh, this is a good friend with Bloodgast. When Bloodgast comes back, Prized Malcolm comes back, uh, you're almost never going to cast this card. It's just going to jump into play from your graveyard. Next up. Yeah, well, we all know how good Seedborn Amuse is in Commander. That card's already very strong. Well, how about a card that costs the same amount, but also lets you play your stuff on other people's turns? Having to get a ban in Commander, Prophet or Proofix let, let you do just that. If you've ever played in Seedborn Muse, you know how strong this is, and this is even better. Blake, you're up next. Yeah, a card that's been broken across multiple formats and was only recently freed in Commander. Protean Hulk was the uh, one of the namesakes of the old Flash Hulk combo. When this thing dies, basically it reads, you win the game as long as you've built your deck correctly. Sees a ton of play in Canadian Highlander. Sees play in older formats. Sees a ton of play now in Commander. Very strong, pretty broken card. Next up. Seeing play in every format it's legal in and my Twitter inbox constantly, we have Ragavan, <laughs> Nimble Pilferer. This one mana creature is probably going to take the throne for best one mana red creature of all time and maybe even in the mix for best one mana creature of all time. One mana 2-1 that when it hits your opponent, gets you a card and a treasure is, yeah, pretty ridiculous. Um, this Modern Horizons 2 card has been hot ever since it released and has no sign of slowing down. Blake, tell us our next card. Uh, here's some cards that I guess you could go get Ragavan, but really that's not what you're doing. So Recruiter of the Guard and Imperial Recruiter are two similar cards that let you search for smaller creatures in your in your library. Now, these cards are rarely used fairly. Uh, Imperial Recruiter, for example, will often go get Kiki-Jiki, which then copies Imperial Recruiter, to go get uh, one of the many, many Kiki-Jiki combos. So both of these cards... Search up other powerful cards and then probably kill your opponent. Next up. And if I want to use those again, well, how about good old Restoration Angel? Let's me reuse any of my Enter the Battlefield effects. Very, very strong. And speaking of Kiki-Jiki, also to copy with Kiki-Jiki. Hey, these cards go in a deck together. That's what a lot of folks have thought too, and they've built many, many combo decks that involve Restoration Angel and Kiki-Jiki over and over. While also you can just play it in Commander or other formats to flicker things like Thrag Tusk, or whatever your favorite enters the battlefield effect on the table is. A fan favorite from Avazon Restored, to be sure. Blake, tell us about our next blinky favorite card here. Yeah, we're just, you know, we're we're blinking, we're copying things with Kiki Jiki. That whole universe is like its own section of the top 100. Uh, Revel Arc is one of my favorite cards of all time. It helmed a standard deck that was, uh, you know, were it not for fairies, would probably have been one of the more dominant standard decks of all time. Uh, it's a commander favorite, a cube favorite. It does a lot of different things, including bringing back Muldrifter and comboing with Kiki Jiki. Next up... Yeah, how much mana can a two-mana creature make? Turns out the answer is a lot. Getting a ban in Commander, Rafelos is a two-mana 2-1. Two the taps give you a mana for every forest you have, which, as you can imagine, in a green deck is quite a lot of mana. I don't think I need to explain this one very much. It's pretty self-explanatory. It makes a lot of mana for two mana. It's bananas. Go back over to yourself, Blake. Tell us what's next. 
Uh, this card also for two mana makes some extra mana. Not nearly as much as Rufellos, uh, but Sakura Tribe Elder existed back when damage went on the stack, which was a bonus. Uh, but also it's just rampant growth on a creature, which allows you to do a ton of different things. On the fair end of the spectrum, you can, you can Rebel Arc this back. Uh, but this is a commander staple and one of the better land ramp creatures of all time. On to another two-mana green creature. Yeah, showing up first in the commander decks and finally making an appearance in standard, we have Scavenging Ooze. This is a pretty innocuous card, but it's a, as a two-mana 2-2, two -two, it can deal with graveyards, shutting off all the, I don't know, 40 cards on this list that come back from your graveyard, while also growing itself in the process. It has been a player in many different formats, and this is one of my favorites because it's just a very fair magic card and likes to make sure fair magic is played and is a strong card, and that is a great spot to be in. So hats off to you for fighting the good fight, Scavenging Ooze. Over to you, Blake. Yep, another new addition to this list, Skyclave Apparition, has immediately made its impact felt on multiple formats. Simply put, one of the best white creatures of all time, Skyclave Apparition. Next up. Turns out invitational cards are powerful, and Tiago Chan's invitational card, Snapcaster Mage, is snapping onto this list. A very, very popular card, played all the way back in basically every format it has ever been legal in. This lets you reuse whatever the best instant or sorcery in your graveyard is. And then if you get your Snapcaster Mage back somehow, yeah, you get to do it again. Not to mention, it's just a two-mana, two-one flash creature. Do not underestimate the ability to just attack and block with this thing, too. Super powerhouse card. It has been the face of a magic set. Snapcaster Mage, you're great. And, little plug, it's from Innistrad originally, so gets me in the mood to think about a uh, return to Innistrad coming up soon with Innistrad Midnight Hunt. For our next card, it turns out Invitational Cards, still good. Solemn Simulacrum from Jens Thorin. Uh, it is maybe the quintessential commander creature that can go in every deck. It had its reign in Standard as well, uh, but let's be honest, it's on this list because of Commander. Next up. Well, we, I mentioned earlier you might see some more of these pitch cards that came out in Modern Horizons 2. Well, here are two more of them with Solitude and Fury. Grouped together because they both kill stuff off for pitching a card from your hand. Turns out doing that for free is pretty powerful. The strong part of these cards, though, is not just that they're pitch removal spells, which is already really strong, but that you can just play them as creatures, and they're still powerful, too. If the game goes along, you play a 5-mana 3-2 that gets rid of your opponent's creatures, or a 5-mana 3-3 double striker that deals 4 damage divided as you choose among your opponent's creatures. Quite powerful, and some of the headliners from Modern Horizons 2. Yeah, next up is a classic. This is one of the best fair creatures of all time, if you want to talk about it that way. Sure, it cheats stuff into play, uh, but you're still attacking and blocking and not comboing people off or killing them immediately. But Stoneforge Mystic has made its presence felt all the way back to Legacy, where it has, again, an archetype named after it. And that's what makes it so powerful. Next up. 5-mana 3-4 Swamp Walk, you can ignore that part of this card. The exciting part is the Cycling Pay 2 Life. A creature that cycles away for free lets you do things like trigger your dredge cards, get cards into your graveyard for living end, and do all other kinds of busted shenanigans. Thanks Future Sight for another weird magic card that made the top 100, magic card, top 100 creatures of all time list. Blake, you're up next. Yeah, this was one of the last six cards that we actually brought in, but I believe it deserves its spot on this list because Sundering Titan, uh, at one time it was a favorite Tinker target, at other times a Goblin Welder target. It certainly terrorized Commander while it was legal. It no longer is because it just destroyed so many lands. Uh, 
really, really powerful card. The fact that it's an artifact makes it pretty abusable. And you know what? When this card came down, everybody stopped playing Magic. Next up. Speaking of more weird future sight cards, here's Tarmogoyf. The first Magic card to hint at Planeswalkers and Tribal debuting in Future Sight. This card has gone on to see play all over the place in Standard, Modern, Legacy, all the way down. Uh, it gets really big really fast. Um, you know, if you've been playing Magic in the past 10 years, you've probably heard of Tarmogoyf. It is a powerhouse. Uh, not quite as strong today as it used to be, but still gets the job done. And like it's like other cards like Scavenging Ooze, fights the good fight with some clean, fair magic. Speaking of clean, fair magic, nobody's playing busted things when Thalia Guardian of Thraven is around. One of the best white creatures of all time. This card basically makes all of the Death and Taxes archetypes work. Uh, another card from Innistrad as we head back to Innistrad. Uh, Thalia is a character we've known and loved because her creature, her uh, this incarnation of her creature is one of the most played creatures of all time. Next up. What if you just won the game for two mana? Well, that's what Thassa's Oracle can do when you build your deck properly. Whether exiling your deck to some kind of combo, or just going late in the game and casting this, or even getting enough devotion to blue, this card does the trick. Seeing play recently in all kinds of Flash Hulk decks, where you would put this into play after your deck was removed. Uh, yeah, this card is extremely powerful, sees a lot of play in uh, formats like Commander, sees play in Eternal formats, was a, a combo card in Pioneer, and uh, yeah, brand new Theros Beyond Death card, making the list here. Blake, you're up next. Yeah, so the section of Eldrazi that we've missed until now are sort of the mid-range ones that dominated a Pro Tour uh, alongside the lands that helped cast them. And we thought Not Seer is a cheap, disruptive, colorless creature uh, that has all the bonuses that come from being an Eldrazi and definitely one of the most powerful, disruptive creatures of all time. Next. One mana, one, two, that gives you a clue does not seem like it would make this list, but it really has. It has shown up and done some really, really incredible stuff. Hats off to Thrabbit Inspector, or hats on as they might prefer it in the artwork. This card is a fantastic one drop and one of my favorites to play with. Next up, True Name Nemesis says, your opponent cannot interact with me. Sure, there are some ways to do it, uh, but realistically, this card is unblockable, unkillable, just marching towards your opponent's death, and it just happens to be a merfolk as well, which is a relevant creature type. Next up. We've seen some Eldrazi on here. It was not the only Eldrazi we would see. Here's Ulamog, the Ceaseless Hunger, coming in battle for Zendikar as the face of that set. It's a 10 mana way to exile two permanents and then put your opponent on a pretty quick clock by kicking out their top 20 cards every time it attacks. Truly a Ceaseless Hunger. You cannot stop this once it starts, getting it, uh, once it starts, starts attacking you. Uro Titan of Nature's Wrath has come to us recently and has been banned in multiple formats. It ramps, it draws cards, it gains life, it kills people quickly. Uh, it turned out when you're putting lands into play, drawing cards and gaining life, you don't really need much else. Next up. Perhaps the most well-known name for people who've been playing Magic for a long time, Urza finally showed up in Modern Horizons 1, and his card, long-awaited, made the splash that was demanded, showing up in many formats, creating his own degenerate modern deck, and being one of the most feared commanders to play against. Yeah, I would say that even this many years later, Urza still carries his name well. Another blue creature, Vendillion Click, is one of the best flash disruptive creatures of all time. It was one of the best creatures in the Fairies deck when it was in Standard. Still sees play across 
modern and legacy. Uh, and it, uh, yeah, it's just a really, really powerful disruptive card. Next up. Yeah, well, here's another one in the long class of cards that come back from your graveyard. <laughs> Vengevine was Rise of the Eldrazi's attempt at saying, maybe we can do this in a fair way. Turns out it was still bananas and pretty easy to do. You get it into your graveyard, whether by attacking or just discarding it, play two cheap creatures, like some of the cheap-to-cast creatures we've shown off here, and attack your opponent for four. Or just sacrifice it. I don't know. You live your own truth over there. It's just very powerful no matter what you want to do with it. And I played it fair, I played it unfair. It's a strong magic card. Walking Bullet said, Terrorize standard for all of its fair uses. It was just a good card to cast with mana and use the counters to deal damage. Uh, but it turns out when you combine it with Heliod and give it lifelink, your opponent's just dead. So being a generally fair and powerful card, as well as having game-ending combos, is a recipe for success. It is yet another card that looks really, really good with Arcbound Ravager. Next up. Yeah, well, this is a pretty innocent-looking card, but has fueled a lot of the Elf decks over the years, all the way from Elf Balls that showed up in Berlin to many other uh, decks that have come out. Um, it lets you return things to your hand, like Elvish Visionary, Heritage Druid, lets you reuse your Elves over and over again, draw an additional card off Glimpse of Nature, or just make sure you can block. An innocuous little insect, but definitely a powerful one. Blake, go on to the next card. Next up. Worm Coil Engine. This card has killed many, saved much life. It's a commander staple. It was amazing and standard at the time. Uh, it occasionally sees play in older formats that have larger artifact bases. It sees play in Tron. Uh, it is the quintessential mid-range creature. Next up. Yeah, well, we've talked about a bunch of broken mechanics here, but you could definitely make an argument Companion ends up being the most broken mechanic, considering we had to errata the entire thing. Five mana, four five Yorion that comes in, <clears throat> into play and flickers out a bunch of stuff is incredibly strong and still sees play even post-Companion errata, which definitely goes to some of the testament of its power, even seeing play in Legacy right now to flicker out uh, a bunch of your own creatures in decks like Death and Taxes. Go ahead, Blake, with your last card. Second to last card on the list is a card we've mentioned several times, Young Pyromancer, often mentioned as part of the uber cycle of incredibly powerful two-drop creatures. Uh, Young Pyromancer has seen play across formats, made a ton of 1-1 red elemental creature tokens, and still has a place in older formats today. The last card, Gavin. Well, how about one more companion to round it out? Well... <laughs> You know, we said a lot about Companion already. I don't know how much more I need to say. Turns out, when you need to make it work, it is quite strong. The thing here that's worth noting, though, is not only is it a strong Companion, but it's also just a strong combo card. You can play this with all kinds of cards that uh, were reducing the cost will allow you to do infinite, infinite-style things, whether a Basalt Monolith or a Grim Monolith or whatever else is out there. Zerta the Dawn Waker gets the job done. And then we have I think we did two it. honor. Yeah, we did it. We, we did. We we're barely over time. Wow. We do have two wow. honorable mention lists. We saw a lot of people naming cards here. There were a ton of cards that we wanted to include. So we jammed them in two honorable mention lists. One is just straight up honorable mentions and one is sort of a historical look. So honorable mentions of cards we discussed but didn't quite make it. So Oriak Champion, Balustrade Spy, Undercity Informer, Baral, Basking Ruala, Blood Artist, Collector Oaf, Consecrated Sphinx, Seabrex Ark, Elish Norn, Emery, Flickerwisp, Galactia, Gilded Goose, Golos, Inferno Titan, Inkwell Leviathan, Karmic Guide, Kethis, 
Lavinia, Magus of the Moon, Mole Drifter, Muxus, Opposition Agent, Priest of Titania, Progenitus, Reflector Mage, Seedborn Mute, Shardless Agent, Siege Rhino, Spellseeker, Squee, Trinket Mage, Viscerosia, Carrion Feeder, Wild Nacaddle, Yogmoth, Thran Physician, and Eureka the Tiger's Shadow. We're all just on the outside looking in. And then for the other honorable mentions list, this is the historic honorable mentions list. Gavin, why don't you take this one? Yeah, these are cards that, uh, well, these are, this is the boomer top list, maybe, where some of these cards were big back in the day, but not so much now. We've got Ali from Cairo, Black Knight, Ernam Jin, Flame Tongue Kavu, Force of Nature, Genesis, Hypnotic Spectre, Jackal Pup, Juggernaut, Juzum Jin, Curdape, Lin Sivi, Defiant Hero, Lord of the Pit, Mahamodi Jin, Masticor, Maloku, the Clouded Mirror, Morphling, Phyrexian Negator, Psychotog, Royal Assassin, Savannah Lions, Sengir Vampire, Serendib Afrit, Sarah Angel, Shivan Dragon, Tradewind Rider, Triskelion, Wall of Blossoms, Wall of Omens, and of course, White Knight. Wow, yeah, we actually did that. 100 cards plus honorable mentions in just over an hour, but you know what? I'm proud of us, um, especially since you can't argue, you can't possibly argue with this list. But you know what? If you want to argue with this list, uh, you can find Gavin and I uh, both on Twitter pretty easily. We're everywhere. But you know what? If you're watching this on YouTube after it's gone live, uh, feel free to put stuff in the comment section. What did we miss? Uh, what do you think should have been on a list that wasn't? What was on the list that shouldn't be on the list? We'd love to hear it, even though we were definitely correct. Like everything, we, it was that was the definitive list. Absolutely no misses. Uh, anyway, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, make sure to tune in next week on Tuesday in the morning, uh, Pacific time, April 20, or April, good Lord, August 24th. Uh, that is show, uh, Magic Showcase 2021, where we are going to be talking about all the stuff Magic has coming up. You are not going to want to miss this because we are going to share information about everything coming up so definitely tune in right here on twitch.tv slash magic next tuesday morning uh in the meantime i'm blake gavin thanks for showing up and reading through this list really fast with me we did it i'm proud of us uh yeah thanks everyone and we'll see you next